come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the alphabetic principle. Would you like to define the alphabetic principle, Mom, or shall I? You you go for it, girl. So the alphabetic principle is the ability of a child to recognize that the letters make the sounds and that words are made up of sounds and that letters represent the language and speech. Right? How'd I do? That sounds like a great way to say it. Yay! The alphabetic principle is how the alphabet works. How the alphabet works. That we can use the alphabet to represent language. The United States government commissioned the Consortium on Reading Excellence. Mm -hmm. And in 1999, the study came out that for once tried to end the reading wars that was happening, Good luck. happening in the 90s. And <laughs> they had they did a, ma- a massive amount of research. And in that book, which I'm sorry, when I moved like two moves ago, I decided to sell most of my books on lose? Amazon and I sold it. And now I, I it. and I've rebought a lot of my books I sold. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to buy that one back. Well, if you want it, I've got it. You have it? I have it, yeah. Oh, good. Then I, I want still you... have mine from college. Yay. I want... No, not the core book. Oh. The Which Consortium one? on Reading Excellent. It's the government... It's the document. Oh, it's the document? It's I probably the document, the document that they reported back to the, the government. The government reporting mm-hmm. document? I don't, I don't have that. And in that book, they came to the conclusion that the most important thing for a young child learning to read was to set a solid anchor of knowledge linked to uppercase alphabet letters. And they decided that that was the utmost biggest factor in a child gaining the alphabetic principle. And the alphabetic principle is how to use the alphabet. Yeah, and the alphabetic principle has been found to be a big... um, predictor of future reading success right Mm -hmm. I mean it's funny because it doesn't really they can't really find any link between how well a kid is reading in kindergarten and how well they'll read later on like it doesn't really matter but if they have a good solid understanding of the alphabetic principle and of phonemic awareness then they'll be okay even well and any teacher that has taught a long time like I have I've been able to really do my own little um, Your own research studies. Research study. <laughs> I have quite a lot. And I actually, at the end of kindergarten, I wrote down names of students that were doing really well or students Your that students I were Your students now know they were unwilling participants. Yes. In hey, your... all of y'all. <laughs> I love them. They know that. Tell, and... tell them when you go to their weddings. By the way, I was doing unofficial <laughs> research on you. Anyway, I found out that a lot of my students that were really, I thought were really doing well, they, in third grade, teachers would tell me that they were struggling. And this was early on in my career, so this was in the 90s. And I was just devastated about it because they were kids who I thought had it made when they left my classroom. And... 
then after what after studying them and kind of looking at kids and what was happening in their path of reading i found that the kids who were leaving my classroom as top students were really heavily relying on sight word reading mm -hmm. and at that time and that this was all pre consortium on reading excellence and pre when i got my masters in reading instruction i knew that something was wrong. A child couldn't leave my room with that giant sight word bank at the top of the class and be struggling in um, third, third grade. Fourth grade. Yeah, so what was I missing? And so I was so glad. So that's why I love this, this um, government report that came out. And Marilyn Jager Adams is like my hero. <laughs> and all of those gurus of the late 90s that actually ended the reading wars and came up with this specific research. And one of their things that they said was the alphabet knowledge and alphabet principle was mm -hmm. so important. And so at that time, and of course, phonemic awareness, uh, I remember that um, after I studied it and I was trained by um, the core group and I became a trainer for the core company, Mm -hmm. that uh, I was surprised how many people had no idea what the term phonological awareness even meant. Yeah. Well, and I think we talked a little bit about that in our yeah. very, very first episode where we talked about phonological awareness. Yeah, so I think yeah. that um, if this interests anyone, look up that old episode. because Number one. It's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> and Lindsay has the numbers memorized. Well, I just remember that's the first one we ever did when we're like, it hey, really let's... Was. Record ourselves chatting and see what happens. <laughs> and so I think that even today, I go to uh, district level kindergarten PLC meetings. Mm -hmm. And I hear teachers saying that I don't even teach letters. I just start with the sounds. And it's just like fingernails on a chalkboard to me because of my experience base and of my education base well, and, and my and research base yeah, that shows. Yeah, the research is you, they have to know the names of the letters or they can't hold on to those sounds, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. You'd think they could just memorize the sound. You would think but so. And people argue and way. argue and argue about that, that they don't, how, why would they need to know the names of the letters when all you need is the sounds to read? Well, it's the same reason when you build a house, you need to put a great foundation to build the house on. But you don't need a foundation to have a house. You can build the walls and have a beautiful house, but if you don't have the foundation and something to hook it to, and so I always think the alphabet letters and the knowledge of the letter names is just that hidden foundation. That they that, just can hook everything else to in their yeah. brain. And then you can put that rebar up of the alphabet <laughs> letters and pound those walls in. <laughs> and if you're, and so I kind of look at it that way, but just teaching kids letter sounds first is like building your walls before you laid that foundation. So give us some ideas of how you teach the alphabet in your classroom. Well, my very favorite way is to have a, um, strong 26 days, one letter a day boost at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's really important. And I've done it for years and years and years. Okay, uh, probably 20. Because, <laughs> you know, I've taught a long time. <laughs> and when I began doing that, I found that so many kids all of a sudden immediately knew those letter names because the kids that are like the little sponges just gleaned it immediately and they had that anchor really quickly and the kids that are struggling then they of course needed more practice but it, you're at least laying a foundation of you're introduction just giving an introductory yes. lesson mm -hmm. so what do you do every day when you introduce a letter how intensive is it and what do you what do you do exactly for your well, first 26 days I have this really cute um, letter of the day pocket chart that I got from really good stuff. In fact, I have two of them because they printed their letters reversible, A through, Z, A through L's on one side and M through Z's on the other side. And so I had to buy a second set because so it drove you could hang me the, you crazy. You flip it? <laughs> well, because well, so I could keep all my alphabet stuff in a baggie. So oh. all my A stuff could be together and all, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if I had the other set then I had to go back digging through it to find M through Z and oh man it was doing me in too much <laughs> too much too so much. I like to set up the little alphabet letter board like tomorrow um I'm thinking what's coming after K because I left and didn't set it up I have to do it in the morning so tomorrow for example is the letter L so in this pocket chart that I have from I purchased from really good stuff I have the uppercase letter L and the lowercase L, and then there's four word cards that has um, four L words. And then under that, I use the sign language card from um, Signing Time. She has some really cute ones that her fingers are taped, so it's really easy to see. And then I have the phonetic um, linguistic mouth for the sound and the description of what the sound is being made. Like, is it a wind letter or is it a voiced letter or unvoiced? And, and on this um, picture of the mouth from this lips program, mm -hmm. it has a picture of the kid's throat and it's red if it's going to be a, a voiced letter and there's wind coming out of the mouth. They're really fabulous. And this is a great program, especially for the students I'm teaching this year that all of my students are in speech. <laughs> and so, but even all my kids, even my top, top kids love that, love that, um, those cards, because they're able to really see it. One of my top students named Marin, a few years ago, she'd see the letter and she'd come in and she said, oh, it's a voice letter today. It's a voice <laughs> letter. So anyway, I have that card. And then I have two little sets. One's from Rigby and one is from um, Hammer Ray. Mm -hmm. And they're letter books that have words in them. And then I have those tubs of letter objects from Lakeshore. And then I have the Beanie Baby that matches our Alphabet Zoo program. And then to the side of it, I have um, a letter a letter card that shows if the letter's made from sticks or curves. And then I have the actual sticks and curves ready for the helper to build the letter. So it takes me a while to set up the 
letter of the day, probably five minutes at least. But as you can <laughs> tell, I have everything in a baggie ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> so I just, because you know, if you know me, if you listen to the podcast, that's I am your catchphrase. The, I'm the ready to go girl. Ready to go. Because I don't want to prepare it again. If I know I'm going to teach again, <laughs> I'm going to keep get it, it ready for next time. Yeah. And so I just grab the bag and it takes me, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but it probably takes me three minutes to mm-hmm. set up. And then I have the big book with the letter in it that goes with wonders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is our curriculum. And a chart paper. So we'll go through the letter and um, talk about how it's, it's drawn and the sticks and curves. We'll draw it in the air. We'll draw it on our palm. And then I go through the whole chart. I'll, uh, we read the words. We'll do the sign language. We'll do the voiced sound linguistically. Then I'll read the little books. We'll introduce the pet. They'll get to to pet the little zoo animal that goes with the letter. We'll sing the little zoo animal song and then read all the objects together and build the letter and so do all of those activities. And then after, um, then I will get the chart paper out and will I will write with a marker the letter as they're writing it in the air. And then I will ask them um, any letters any words that begin with that letter so I t- kind of turn it into a beginning sound activity at that point and mm-hmm. so I'll say okay what starts with the letter oh oh and you know I've got all that stuff sitting there for him to look at <laughs> it's right so there right there the answer <laughs> is in front of you and it took until about letter f for my students this year to catch on hey wait a minute <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's right, right there, there. <laughs> And so then as they tell me an object, then I'll just really um, exaggerate the beginning sound. So if they say lollipop, I'll go, oh, 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 lollipop. And they'll join in with me because I'll do the my turn, your turn (laughs) um, sign language that they're used to. And then I'll draw the lollipop and label lollipop. And so I'll go through and tell... I've drawn maybe five or six objects and then we'll go back through those and I'll say the word and they'll say the sound. So I'll touch it and I'll say lion and they'll say, say, oh, then after all of that, then, um, I just can't not miss Jack Hartman. (laughs) I love, love, love his letter, um, songs on YouTube and the kids love them. And so we do his, and his has lots of um, action, and, and they draw the letters in the air. And from that point, then we move to um, doing a letter activity. And this year, I'm doing letter headbands, one for every letter that go with our alphabet mm-hmm. zoo. I haven't ever done every one of them, but my students this year, they really would not like it if we missed it because it's become part of our routine and because <laughs> they, yeah, love, they it. love it and it's got great cutting gluing tracing wow. and we water paint it so I'm, I'm teaching them like six skills every day mm-hmm. as we make these headbands and and hopefully they're going to get cut out a little better every day <laughs> and so then after that then I will do the handwriting without tears letter activity in center time and then 
later in the day, I will will do some more um, L activities and read a few more books. And of course, I'll do Heidi's songs, uh, her L song. And there's quite a few really good ones. And back when in Wonders, then you go back and do letter studies. After you've done all of the letter, like a letter a day, then you go to a letter or two a week, a week and do letter studies. And then that's when I really love to use ABC Mouse, um, their mm-hmm. songs, letter songs, and Wonders letter songs at that time. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Did that make sense? Yes, it did. So how do you continue on teaching the letters throughout the year to, well, just to the kids who need more practice or to the kids who need remediation, I'm wondering. So after you've gone through and you've taught all 26 letters, then mm-hmm. then I kind of go right into... Then you go to ESGI and you say... <laughs> and you do, you test... Who knows them Yeah, now? you test on ESGI <laughs> and you see who knows them. And, and that's one thing that I really do like about the Wonders curriculum and Before Wonders... My district did Imagine It, which used to be named Open Court. I mean, they're they're pretty rigid programs, but but mm-hmm. the thing about them, when they do these letter studies, they're really easy to adapt to all levels of learners. So mm-hmm. M is the first one in Wonders. So after we've done them all, then I will do all the M activities, but I'll do them whole group in a very small way. And from that point on, uh, I will differentiate in small groups. Like all the kids that are ready to move on, you know, they move on. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you do in small groups for kids who are having a hard time getting that uh, foundation of names? Yeah, play our games. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm sorry. I give love, an example love, love of, our games. Our games. Well, give an example of one of your games you've made up. To teach the alphabet. Um, trying to think the one that we played recently. Come on, you made. Well, it yeah, up. I'm just trying to. Get, <laughs> I know, but we made up hundreds and hundreds. So when we played just the other day, is the. Yeah, I guess I'll do the. I'll do the button. Okay, so let me start over. Cut all this out. So one okay. we played yesterday was we played a, the potato truck game. And because I lived in Idaho. This is from your harvest <laughs> This unit, is in the harvest the potato unit. truck game. Yes. And okay. I just, it's a really fun one. Because especially when I lived in Idaho and we took field trips to the spud farms and gleaned the potatoes out of the dirt and watched the potato trucks, it had a lot more meaning. But... You know, everybody loves potatoes, and so I've continued to do it in my new state, and the kids love it just as much. And so there's a little truck that they have for their game mat, and they draw a potato out of the field. So basically the potatoes are upside down on a green piece of paper, (laughs) and they draw the potato and pick it up, and on the one side, if it's a potato that looks like a potato then they put it on their truck. But if they turn it over and there's a rock on the potato, then the rock got caught in their potato truck and they lose all their potatoes. Oh, uh, no. you. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. 
It's terrible. And, and the kids love it. And it's one that you can just play in a lot of different levels. And I found that my high students really love playing the games and they notice what the other groups are doing. And so they want to play those games. And so to differentiate it for the kids who know already have passed on the SGI, all their letters, letters, then I will make sight word ones or CVC words ones or beginning sound ones or whatever skill I want to work on rhyming. And so the kids really don't know that they're playing a different game from another group. They just know they changed the cards. I just changed the cards. They just know I want to play that potato game that they're all giggling about and loving so much. And Mm -hmm. They go and play it, and no one's the wiser. And even you know, later in the year, like in January, when probably 90% of the classroom knows all of their letters, and um, the other groups are doing maybe nonsense words or CBC words or sight words, that little low group are still doing the alphabet ones, and they don't know. And I love that about, about our games, that they're so easy to adapt, and kids really don't know that they're doing a different game. And I think this comes from my... Well, because they're not doing a different game. It's the same they're game. They're doing the same game. And it comes from my fourth grade experience. What's it just always experience? has stayed with me that in fourth grade, my teacher, Miss Christensen, <laughs> she mm-hmm. had groups called the, you know, I'm sure they weren't the bluebirds and the buzzards, but <laughs> I think they were like red, yellow, purple, green. And as a child that's a fourth grader, you can tell where kids are in what groups. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the purple group and everyone wanted to be in the purple group because they knew the purple group were the kids who got to do all the cool stuff because we knew everything. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when she changed the groups and she made another group, the purple group, they cheered and thought that they were all the smartest kids, but they noticed all of us went to be the blue group. (laughs) And so everybody's like, wait a minute. All those kids just went to be the blue group. So anyway, I just, when I was a little kid, I just noticed so much how everybody, all the groups were doing different things. Like my group, we got to carve dinosaurs out of soap. And when we went and nobody else did. yeah when we went to her rotation we were doing that and then other kids I noticed were over like doing penmanship and you know and I'm like those poor children <laughs> <laughs> and I just uh, where it stuck with me so much as a child I just didn't want you know I was in the high group I shouldn't have been so touched by it but I just felt <laughs> so much compassion you felt the in inequity of it I felt the inequity of it as a child and I just, so when I started making games for my students, I wanted them to all have equitable experiences, even though they weren't. Well, <laughs> that makes it's sense. the same. Well, I mean, yeah, because if you, if you do something like carving dinosaurs out of soap, everybody gets to carve the dinosaur out of soap, you know, and everybody gets to play the game. You just play the game in your zone of proximal development. Yeah. So so that's what I like to do. I just like to, our, our games, I, I love them. And our games, and I'm, I'm not really trying to promote our games on TPT, but I'm just really, I'm going to speak to them that. Well, let's give everybody one for free. Okay, let's, let's do. 
Let's give them a code so they can download the harvest one and let's get give the, the potato har- game for let's free. Let's give the harvest unit to everybody who wants it. Yeah, for free, for zero dollars. Mm, for zero. We just need a we need a code. How about harvest? Just harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Harvest. <laughs> the thing I really like about our thematic units are that they're different than anybody else's really that I've seen on Teachers Pay Teachers. And I really like that everything we put in those units, we actually have done over and over and over again in our rooms. And all of our lessons are, um, you know, they've, they've been field tested by thousands of students and years of experience. And we have them scripted. And the reason we have scripted the lessons is because when a parent shows up or you have an aide, you don't have to talk to them. You just hand them the lesson and (laughs) hand them the activities and no more needs to be said because everything's on there that they need. If you're listening on your phone, then go to kindergartenkiosk.com and go to the shop and then go to our thematic units and find the harvest one. We'll put in a code harvest that'll make it turn it into zero dollars at checkout and we'll put it also a link to it on this podcast yes we will we Mm -hmm. will also do that yes (laughs) so have you learned that was complicated that was so complicated (laughs) so if besides the games that you play with the kids throughout the year do you have any other tips for kids to really help cement letter names and letter sounds in their brains. I, I think that it's the multi-level teaching mm-hmm. of letters. Because like I when I described my picture of my letter thing, and I'll, I will take a snapshot and give you to put on our podcast. Okay. And I think it's that I'm doing actions, I'm doing songs, I'm doing sign language, I'm doing um, linguistic lips program and I'm reading the book and we're writing the words and we're looking at objects and I think it's just all those uh, multi-levels of learning that you have to do and mm-hmm. and just hitting it from lots of different mm-hmm. different ways yeah I just downloaded Dr. Jean's um, Halloween ha- or October Happies mm-hmm and it just, it just made me happy. So I'm going to put a plug in for Dr. Jean because I, I downloaded it because I wanted to have this song. She had song charts and I was too lazy to make it, <laughs> even though I already own her song. And uh-huh. I just loved it because she had just all the old-fashioned good stuff that, that is just being left behind in the world like of what, worksheets. What kind of stuff? Like how to make the tree out of a paper sack or how to do leaf rubbings or how to make a, an adventure box out of a cereal box and, mm. and what else? Just, just cool stuff. And mm-hmm. it, I, I just think it's refreshing that you see all those worksheet, worksheet, worksheets being sold that a product being sold was, hey, wait, come on back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and make some trees out of paper bags. Yeah. But anyway, I did, on that, in that October Happies, it had the song, um, here is a tale, of, here is a tale of the letter A. I can't remember the whole song. Hold on. Was it like, 
Gilligan's it's Island. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and then they have the tail of the animal. It's uh-huh. really cute. It's really cute. And so there's tons of things that you can find like that. That, um, like I said, Jack, Jack Hartman be... has mm-hmm. a channel that he has a lot of alphabet songs. There's another one that I show my kids when I have time because it's it's 12 minutes, so I don't always have that amount of time. And I think mm-hmm. it's like all even the letters, all even the letter rhymes. It's on YouTube, and it's it really kids like it a lot too, and. So I think anytime you can add action with mm-hmm. any of it. Letter size is another Dr. Jean one that I love. Um, Law, um, Kathy Law, our partner on Kindergarten Kiosk, has the alphabet chant. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that, you'll want to Google alphabet chant kindergarten kiosk, and I'm sure it will come up. And How does that go? I'm trying to remember. Uh, a says apple B says b b b baseball bat. C says k k k k candy. candy. <laughs> D says d d d dinosaurs are dandy. Yeah. You know and what I remember that from? What? From being a child? Being a sixth grader <laughs> hanging out in your classroom. <laughs> <laughs> she has done it. Well, that's how many years she has done it probably prior to that. And then she makes this adorable little book that goes with it. And just anything that you can do. I think making an alphabet book is pretty important. And yeah. I, I wait and do the alphabet book when I do the letter studies, the letter of the week, when I begin mm-hmm. M with wonders. Because I want to have the whole week to be able to do, you know, more stuff. Oh, more stuff. Well, I like all those ideas. Thanks for sharing, Mom. <laughs> but there's all kinds of alphabet books you can make. You can make a letter, a construction letter in a, you know, a 10 cent spiral notebook. You can make um, fold up books and make, draw a picture of a letter. I think just anything. Kids love alphabet letters. Even the kids who know all their letters love alphabet books and anything that you can do with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Because kids love to make stuff. They do. (laughs) They do. And feel the ownership of, hey, I made stuff. (laughs) So I guess one point that I do want to make is that we pretty much feel strongly that the alpha, knowing the uppercase alphabet letters is a very strong predictor of future success. Hmm? Yeah, don't (laughs) skip it. Don't skip it. I mean, there comes a time when you have to move on. And even in my letter introduction, I'm introducing the uppercase, the lowercase, and the sound all at the same time. But my focus and emphasis in all of the handwriting and in all of the what I'm showing the letter is the uppercase right now. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck on your year of teaching the alphabet. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U.
podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?